The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, in a season that seems more busy than any other, we ask for your peace. We ask that you would walk with us and help us to slow our step, that we might be with you. Amen. So, I hope you didn't miss it, but what I just read is the Christmas story according to the Gospel of Mark. It's not quite as exciting. There's not so much animals, I mean, unless locusts are kind of animal-like. We have camels, or at least their hair, in what John wears, but we have a a curious introduction to the Gospels. In Luke, which we read every year and we will read this year, we get to hear of that great governor of Syria, Quirinius, right? We all, that name jumps out. We remember that story. In Matthew, we hear other accounts. But in Mark, nothing. We start out and Jesus is 30 years old and no matter how attractive he might have been, I'm sure not as cute as he was the night he was born. And that's where we start with the text. But I want you to hear how Mark begins. The beginning of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Period. That's the whole introduction. As the audience, we are hearing what this story is going to be about. It is gospel. It is good news. It's good and it's news, both of those things. And it's not good news about the emperor. It's not good news about whether, you know, the employee tax is going to be kept low for next year. This is the good news of the Son of God. So picture the Gospel of Mark as a movie. 
It's this big blockbuster film. And so we're all running out to the theater to see this. And it begins with this black screen with this text, right? The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then suddenly the picture comes up. The text goes away. And we see this river. Now, the river isn't so much like a river runs through it. It's not Missoula. It's not the Mississippi. Don't think green so much. A little bit, but not a lot. It's the edge of the wilderness. And what is the wilderness? I remember a great quote from a ranger program while we were at Glacier National Park. It was by a European explorer of the Mountain West in the, I want to say, late 1700s, early 1800s. His comment about the wilderness is it's that place where all manner of wild beasts dash about uncooked. The typical approach to wilderness, a place to be subdued, right, and put to use. But that's not the sense of the wilderness that we have in the gospel text for today. The wilderness is a scary place. It's the place where bad winds come from. Perhaps most importantly, it's the place where armies come from. It's the place that is defended, that is watched It is not a place that is hospitable. It is a place that is dangerous, a place that it is not easy to live, where locusts and wild honey may seem like a feast. And so out of some small monastic-like communities that were very concerned about being ready for the Messiah, John the Baptist walks onto the stage. And there we are baptizing. Now, who's going to these baptisms? I think the sense in the text is that these baptisms are to prepare us. This sense of being washed clean of all of our sins, the things that we have done wrong, the brokenness in our lives to draw us closer to God. It's the people who felt a strong need for that sense of healing in the midst of their brokenness. It probably wasn't the top crowd in Jerusalem. It was not the movers and shakers. It was probably the group that was seen as better off out of town than in town. But nonetheless, a huge crowd. The Old Testament reading is echoed in the Gospel text today. But it's interesting because the punctuation changes a little bit. In the Old Testament, we get this strong emphasis on wilderness. It says, in the wilderness, a voice cried out. And in the Gospel text, we have this emphasis on the wilderness, but mostly on the voice crying out, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. I know if you've ever done any vacationing in the mountains, it seems like that last half hour before your destination, there is not a straight path. (laughs) You're thinking, how many miles is that campground and why is it still three hours away? 
Glacier National Park going to the Sun Road. Some of you have been on that. Not exactly straight as an arrow. There is a sense that in the wilderness, things are not straight. There isn't an obvious north, south, east, west. The roads aren't lined up in such a way where the hills are just carved away. And even with all of our modern strength, still in the most mountainous places, the roads curve left and right and left again. But this business of preparing, of getting ready, is something that we are called to do. But I want to draw us back to the beginning of this story. When we hear about John the Baptist and the people gathered, they have this idea of the Messiah. But here's the key. We already know who he is. We know the Christmas story. We know the Son of God came and was among us and healed and fed and rose from the dead. We know all of these things. When the narrator in the story tells us that this is the story of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, we know that. All of those people showing up to see John, even the disciples and others that Jesus runs into throughout his ministry in the gospel, they are just finding that out. But we know. So what does it mean to prepare the way today when we already know? Again, it draws us back into the Old Testament as we often do this season. There is a strong sense that preparing the way means preparing ourselves. To be actively involved in God's work here and now. And it's interesting that the focus on the text is that this preparation involves asking for forgiveness. Seems like a relatively simple thing. What would that look like, like at a, maybe the State Department level, if forgiveness was a priority? What would that look like at the corporate level if forgiveness was a priority? What would that look like in our schools if forgiveness was a priority? Now we might move quickly into a mode that says, well, that's nice, but you know, in the real world, that doesn't work. Well, it's interesting as we hear this glimpse of the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, all throughout the account of the Gospel of Mark, nobody gets it. Nobody understands the news that we've been treated to at the very beginning until the very end of the Gospel. And it's interesting who identifies Jesus. It's not the disciples. It's not somebody else important like the emperor or the governor or anybody like that. It is a centurion standing near the cross, seeing the manner in which he died, as the text says, who says, surely this man was God's son. I think as Christians, knowing not just the Christmas story, but the Easter story, Preparing the way involves forgiveness and a path that goes through things that we think of as barriers. 
things that we look at the world and say, it can't be done that way. And yet Jesus did it that way. And so what does it mean to live in that kind of forgiveness? It means it's, it's risky. It means that it's hard and not safe necessarily. I don't think it means to not be careful or wise, but nonetheless, Christ calls us to forgive. So as you prepare your homes for this season, as you prepare maybe your your calendar is perhaps more in need of preparation at this time of year, as we prepare and get ready, remember that in making Christ's path straight today, that preparation should include forgiveness in all aspects of our lives. And the text today says that when forgiveness comes, peace is sure to follow. Amen.